Hello, everybody, and welcome to the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. This podcast is designed to focus the spotlight on leading voices throughout the world of business. From marketing and technology to energy and finance, this podcast will feature brilliant minds that are shaping the future of every industry. There has never been a better time to make more business friends forever, so let's get started. Before coronavirus, you wouldn't have thought of a pizza place delivering toilet paper with your pizza, but <laughs> I mean, that's where businesses are right now. Um, and, and it can be a little bit gimmicky or whatever, but it's all about things that um, your audience needs, being in touch with what's happening right now and staying relevant and, and not looking tone deaf. On this episode of the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast, we sit down with a woman that takes the term content marketer to a whole new level, an expert in blogging and social media, and the founder of Emily Bizak Writes. Please welcome Emily Bizak. Emily is a highly skilled strategic marketer and content developer that has done amazing things working with TEDx Pittsburgh and on the board of directors at Point Park University. To say Emily wears a ton of different hats when it comes to digital marketing would be an incredible understatement. And she dives deeper into what the life of a marketing leader truly looks like right here. So let's get started. So hi, Emily. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for asking and thanks for joining us today. Um, at this point, our audience has already learned a little bit about you from our episode introduction, but could you share some more detail with them regarding your personal background? Oh, sure. Thanks for having me, Colton. Um Like I mentioned before we started recording, this is uh, the first podcast I've been on, so I'm pretty excited um, to to be here. But um, as far as background, so I I did something that um, I kind of grew up in reverse how a lot of Pittsburgh folks um, grew up. I grew up in the middle of nowhere and moved to Pittsburgh. Um, And uh, so I grew up around the Penn State area and uh, in central PA, um, and then moved here for college. Um, And I was always an avid reader and writer. Um, One of my favorite things to do actually was to um, write sequels of my favorite children's books. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, And that kind of like piqued my interest in writing. It started really early Um, in some of my favorite books, you know, Junie B. Jones, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, like all those good ones. Um, And I had hundreds of notebooks that um, I kept underneath my bed, just full of these stories. Um, And then a little bit more, um, you know, as I got older, um, I started working just shy of my 14th birthday. Um, 14 in Pennsylvania is the legal age to work. And my mom got me in there like two weeks before my 14th birthday, (laughs) ready for me to work. So, um, another key thing about me, personal background, I, uh, I, I've always kind of had a side hustle. I've always, um, had a couple projects where, you know, in the works or I was in school and working at the same time. That was the same for, you know, all of high school, um, And then, you know, present day, I live in uh, West Homestead near the waterfront in Pittsburgh with my husband, and we have two English bulldogs, Henry and Phoebe, Um, and and that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So could you dive a little bit deeper into now like the present day, obviously, and how your role uh, currently stands with marketing and kind of what's uh, a day-to-day activity for you? 
Oh, so right now, I mean, especially now um, that we're in a global pandemic, um, the day-to-day changes. <laughs> there really isn't a day-to-day anymore, but um, I would say generally, um, I wake up pretty early, 7 to 8 a.m., take my dogs out um, to go to the bathroom, make my coffee, Um I read uh, my two favorite email newsletters to get kind of um, industry information. I read the Daily Carnage. They're a local digital marketing agency here in Pittsburgh. They have a great newsletter for just marketers. Um, Their tagline is, um, look like the smartest person on your marketing team. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) so I read that. Um, And then also Morning Brew. and they, they just give like snippets of, of headlines. And I really like their writing. Um, I also scroll through all my social media accounts for myself, um, my business, um, and then the clients that I manage social media for. Um, if I have like scheduled posts, I'll do like a quick once over and make sure that it's still relevant from the time that I scheduled it, make sure it still looks good. Um, And then um, for my freelance business, I use Trello to manage my projects with me and um, my team. So I'll take a peek at, you know, our Trello boards and make sure, you know, I'm not behind on anything um, and kind of get a lay of the land, you know, outside of work before starting at work. Um, and then, you know, I, uh, right now I am a project manager and I, I kind of hammer away two or three solid hours of, you know, email, um, project intake, campaign intake, uh, meetings with the team, all that sort of thing. Um, I've been trying to take a lunch break, um, <laughs> but it, it's uh, it, it's so difficult. And um, I thought it would be easier being home and working remotely, um, you know, in this crazy time. But <laughs> it's harder. Like, it's so easy to just hunch down on my desk forever and not take a break. So um, I do try to take a lunch. And um, the first couple of weeks of the, of the, you know, stay at home, work home, or remote working order, um, I was exercising as well. So that's really important. And then making sure that I'm eating. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, I I work through the afternoon meetings, um, just working with um, our marketing partners, making sure that what we're working on from a digital marketing standpoint, um, you know, meets their meets their needs or, you know, they have questions. Um, And then um, my husband comes home really early. He's an essential worker right now, and he comes home pretty early and he'll make dinner. He's actually a chef, so (laughs) I don't have to do any of the cooking, which is really nice. Um, So we'll have dinner and and hang out. Um, When I say he works early, he works at like 4 a.m., so he'll go to bed, and then that's when I start my second shift. and. Um, that's when I'm, you know, scheduling social media posts, writing blog posts, doing research for, for um, you know, some of my clients that I do marketing for, um, planning the next, you know, virtual happy hour series um, or episode um, for my happy hour series, um, marketers and PJs um, are working on content for my own website. So I launched a blog at the beginning of the year. Um 
I also um, serve as a board member on Point Park University's Alumni Board of Directors. Um, and then I'm also the social media uh, manager for TEDx Pittsburgh. So um, somewhere sprinkled in there every month, um, we have some meetings and, and some activities that I need to complete. So um, like actually this past week, um, we had two or three hours of interviews with Point Park students for some alumni scholarships that um, my committee um, was awarding. So that was kind of cool. We uh, we did Zoom calls to interview um, some students, you know, freshman, junior, sophomore, um, about, you know, their academic achievement and their, you know, talking, of course, there's a financial need component of those scholarship folks and, and getting to know students. And, you know, we're, we're actually deciding at the end of the week who's going to actually win those three scholarships. So it's pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. That is exciting. That's pretty incredible. I mean, it's it's safe to say you're staying very, very busy during these times while everybody's cooped up at home. And how have you personally adjusted to kind of the remote work style? Do you like working in an office environment more than working from home or kind of could you compare and contrast the two? Um, I think there, yeah, like you say, compare and contrast, there are pros and cons of each. Um, I do like that um, I haven't had to fill my gas tank for like a month. <laughs> I've liked that I haven't had to pay for parking or sit in traffic. Um, and I do feel like, um, the transition from, you know, my day job and then, you know, my freelance work and all the volunteer work that I do, I'm able to get a lot more accomplished because I'm not spending so much time going from point A to B to C <laughs> and then back to A at the end of the day. Um, and I also feel like I'm seeing um, my husband and, and my dogs more. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it, it it's not that it's lonely. It's just there's it's very it's very different when you're talking to people on Zoom or in conference calls all day than if you're in person and talking to people. Like I think there's actually like an extra layer of feeling on that um, can actually, I think I was reading about it, that that um, it can affect your, your um, energy level. Um, like there's a different part of the brain um, that's functioning when you're just talking on the phone like we are right now compared to being in person and seeing people's, you know, reactions and, you know, maybe some nonverbal cues and hand gestures and stuff like that, um, that you don't necessarily get on a conference call. I would say overall, I like, I like working from home better than, than going in, but I do miss seeing people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you at all. And that's what it seems like. There's there's a vast majority of professionals that are really struggling converting to an all remote work style, work life um, and, and finding that balance because it, it does feel like when you're at home, the workday sort of never stops. And I mean, even more so for you dealing with social media. I mean, the life of a social media project manager never stops at all. And, and one point I wanted to jump back to is that you said you started your day by kind of checking all your personal feeds, your business feeds, your client feeds. How many feeds? Feeds in total, would you say you scroll through on a on a morning to morning basis? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, luckily, so at you know in my day job, I don't actually have access to our social media, <laughs> making sure that we have the time and you know planning you know campaigns accordingly and timing all makes sense. Um, but I do at any given time. I think I I think at the moment I have access to 
eight or nine different accounts and I'm, um, they're all connected to my, my personal. So, uh, mm-hmm. there's a good amount. <laughs> I was, I was going to say eight, eight or nine is not nothing to scoff at, especially on a morning to morning basis. So that's pretty incredible. And, and that's kind of what segue or segues me perfectly into the next question and kind of how you and I came connected with one another is through LinkedIn. And I personally have been fascinated by your overall influence and presence across that platform. Could you dive a bit deeper into your personal strategy uh, as it relates to LinkedIn and kind of what the benefits are for listeners that might not be familiar with the platform and its perks? Sure. Yeah. LinkedIn is a treasure trove of opportunity. Um, So it was probably about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, that I kind of had a mindset shift. I was thinking, you know, LinkedIn isn't just an online resume. And I started thinking about it from a marketing perspective. You know, I've worked in marketing almost 10 years at this point, and social media has definitely changed in in those 10 years. I mean, it was basically their first 10 years, right? Um, But the mindset kind of shifted for me where... Um, you know, in marketing, sometimes you're you're just pushing product or pushing services onto your audience and pushing it out for them to look at. But where you can create real, tr- you, you know, real traction and generate a relationship with people is when you pull them in using content. And LinkedIn is a great example of that. So um, I kind of shifted from just having it be an an you know, a stationary online resume that people would go to when I applied for a job and I'd update it every couple of years to um, actually posting very frequently and generating content specifically for LinkedIn um, and kind of looking at it as like like a networking um, event every single day. And so I made a point um, to post something every day um, and, and, and just get started. Like I, I didn't even know the right way to hashtag. I didn't know all the ins and outs. I just started saying things and it would be anything from, you know, one of the volunteer, um, events that I helped coordinate or a networking event that I went to, I would post a picture or something like that. And it kind of, I, you know, as I was posting every day about different things, I noticed things that were working and getting more traction based on how many views or reactions or people engaging in my content or requesting to follow me or requesting a connection. Um, I noticed things that were working. Um, That's also changed in the last year. You know, social media is always changing. Um, But yeah, so I posted um, consistently. I tried at least once every two days. The goal was every day for like a year. Um, And then also engaging on related content. So once I got, you know, all these people following me, I followed them right back. And I was looking, you know, especially if they have, you know, um, similar interests or similar jobs, um, even if I don't know them, um, I was accepting connection requests and, you know, engaging in their in their content. And that's, that's really how I've been able to grow my network. Um, and then now I don't have to post as much, but I do, you know, so... Um, I've been able to go from posting whatever and see if something sticks 
<laughs> um, to actually know what's actually going to resonate <laughs> with people that I'm trying to talk to. Um, for example, there was something that I posted completely off the cuff, just like shared somebody else's post and just wrote like five, the five rules of copywriting or something or what good copywriting was. And it's at like 70,000 views or something. And I didn't even like spend any time on it. Um, and I'm not saying that that I knew it would perform like that. I was actually surprised when I woke up the next day and saw all the responses and stuff. Um, sometimes it does surprise me. Um, but that that's something where I'm like, wow, I just shared somebody else's post, made five little bullet points and used an emoji and bam. You know, all these people are looking at it. Um, so I approach it kind of in two ways. One, that it's not just an online resume. Um, LinkedIn can be used as a networking tool and a way to position yourself as an expert in your field. Um, and then in another way, you know, a way to learn. So by putting all these um, pieces of content or posts out there, I'm learning about LinkedIn and how people um engage with somebody um, that's, you know, has a service or, or is a marketing expert and wants you to hire them as their marketer. And I'm learning that and I'm able to apply that to my job and then also apply those learnings to, you know, any clients that I have, or, you know, if I'm speaking at, at um, like Point Park, I spoke at um, recently, um, and we talked about social media um, those kinds of things. I'm able to actually have that information and and it's uh, fresh. <laughs> Absolutely. That's fantastic. And I really liked how you touched on kind of learning there because that's what I feel like social media is perfect for is just constantly being curious and learning and, and interacting with your audience. And it essentially sounds like you kind of organically tested to find what the best results were at the start, whether that's posting every day or whether it's kind of quality of content. And that would lead me to my next question is, did you find anything um, that kind of stuck out for you, whether that was that the quantity was more beneficial, the more you posted, the more results you saw, or was it more on the quality side um, and just engaging with the right post or engaging with the right user um, and then really heightening uh, I think overall there, performance I think there's, off of that? That's a great question. I think there are use cases for both um, qu quantity and quality. So you don't want, you know, I, I don't want to say everything I have is like super precious quantity, right? <laughs> or quality, rather. Um, but um, to start, it was really um, a quantity game where I was just posting so that eventually somebody would see me. I was also trying to learn the tool more. Um, but like I said, I built up a following Um of all these people, especially like there's a there's a niche of marketers that are focused on um, on copywriting that are, are super strong and prevalent in LinkedIn. Like I have to check my LinkedIn feed multiple times a day or I miss something, which is kind of cool. Um, I never used to have that, you know, before I started this experiment. And, um, you know, so quantity, get that following first and foremost, but then you know, make sure it's something, <laughs> make sure it's something good. So they stay connected to you and keep engaging. So it's kind of a balancing act. But um, if you just start with something, you just start, um, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be precious. Just get started and you can start learning what works for you. 
Um, because again, you know, social media, um, I think is all about, um, you know, being personal, um, personalized experiences, being real is a trend right now, I think, um, you know, post or current coronavirus, um, you know, it, it's all about being real and you don't have to be perfect in corporate. Um, I, I think um, social media is more forgiving of people. So, um, you know, just get started and see what happens. And speaking to those trends, what would you say or what do you believe the future of marketing looks like for businesses? And could you provide any sort of foresight into trend, specific trends that you believe will be most impactful moving forward beyond COVID-19? And I know that's a little bit of a loaded question and putting you on the spot, but I'm very, very curious with how active and engaged you are with the multiple platforms, yeah, how you so kind of answer that great question. Great question. Definitely very loaded. Definitely still developing. Um, I would say we, um, so one thing that I started, um, everybody's doing a webinar right now. Everybody is transitioning their events to virtual. Well, not everybody, but most people are. And I thought I would take a stab at it because what I was looking for wasn't actually out there. I just wanted kind of a casual environment to talk to fellow marketers about the state of marketing. Um, just for an hour as a happy hour. And I was like, you know what? Nobody's going to want to do this. I'm the only one, but let's just try it. And, you know, I started it and like, I think the first day I had 30 registrations. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we had our second episode and we have guests and it's great. Like it's well-received, which is really exciting. Um, which I didn't expect because so many people are doing it. But I think a focus on virtual events and virtual experiences and digital um, digital versions of how businesses do business um, are, are not just trends. I think they're here to stay. Um, but then how do you build off of that? So with my happy hour, what, what do I do with it then? You know, I can't just have this event and then it's done, right? Um, I do I do what I tell my clients to do. Blog about it. Email it. Put it on social. Um, <laughs> get more people to come to your website. Once you increase the audience of your, you know, the audience on your website, then that's more chances that you can sell to them or provide um, content for them or just be more present and they can interact with you about you know, whatever it is they want to interact with you. Um, But yeah, so virtual events, um, I would say this is something that as a content person, as a copywriter and a writer, um, content that matters, (laughs) Um, not so much the hard sell, more the giving information away for free to build a relationship kind of play is, I think, um, kind of rushed to the surface because of coronavirus. Um, I mean, before coronavirus, you wouldn't have thought of a pizza place delivering toilet paper with your pizza, but that, (laughs) I mean, that's where businesses are right now. Um, and, and it can be a little bit gimmicky or whatever, but, um, and then next week, you know, it's not toilet paper. Now it's, I don't, I don't even know, like hand soap. I can't find hand soap. Um, but it's all about things that, um, your audience needs being in touch with what's happening right now 
and staying relevant and, and not looking tone deaf. Um, and then specifically to social, um, I mentioned like not being perfect. I've noticed a significant drop in selfies because nobody wants to take a picture of this. You know, <laughs> I'm so glad this is over the phone because um, uh, we're working from home how many days now? How many weeks? Um, and then, you know, real images. So I have always kind of been afraid of Instagram as a marketer. Um, I've always thought, you know, it has to be perfectly curated, filter-tastic, you know, <laughs> something that like my life, I, I just couldn't relate with them. <laughs> like, my life is none of that. Um, but I've noticed even on Instagram, um, just seeing pictures with like their, their, you know, their makeshift workstations, just a complete hot mess. And like... I, I, you know, just seeing those like filter free or unfiltered pictures, um, even creeping up in brands and seeing the, you know, the reaction from that. I hope that sticks around um, past COVID-19 because I think it's refreshing um, um, ju just for, you know, all of us We're we're all going through this, but we all have different, you know, different battles. And um, as a brand, you want to make sure that you're connecting with you know the right people in the right way. Absolutely, and shifting back to a, a more personal focus, what does the future look like for you, uh, professionally, personally? Kind of what's beyond COVID nineteen <laughs> for Emily Bezak? Well, I mean, it's pretty uncertain, right? Um, I mean, right now, my job, I'm I am a contractor. Um, my current job, we uh, we were reduced hours. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm happy to still have a job. Um, I, I really respect, um, the company that I work for Westco here in Pittsburgh, because, you know, even the CEO is taking a quarter cut in his salary, um, you know, so that there aren't any, um, any layoffs or anything like that, which is great. And I think it's very important to, <laughs> to realize that there are people out there, um, going through that, um, but I mean, aside from that, um, professionally and on the side, I mean, I have a couple new clients that are pretty exciting. Um, and then this uh, marketers and PJs, this virtual happy hour that I have um, right now, we're doing two a month. Our third one is coming up. So I'm pretty excited about that. And where can people go to learn more about uh, your happy hour and your virtual event? Um, so my website, it's uh, emilybezak.com. And, uh, yeah, you'll find my blog, um, and then you'll find my markers and PJs. You can sign up for my emails and that's where I let you know about upcoming events, um, virtual events, um, and then new blog posts. Um, and I always write a blog post, um, to recap episodes that you miss in case you can't make it. Um, I actually still have to write the one from last week. Um, I'm trying, I, I'm trying to get it done, <laughs> but writing sometimes is very much a feeling and sometimes you're just not feeling it. <laughs> and that's what with all the different hats that you kind of wear and under the digital marketing umbrella of tasks, I guess you could say, is there one specific one that if you had to fit yourself into a picture perfect mold for the future that you'd want to pursue one that you enjoy the most? Um, I, I would love to write blog posts every day all day for the rest of my life. That would be a dream. <laughs> Creating, uh, you know, researching information, coming up with good, 
you know, content topics, um, putting that into kind of a content strategy that long-term um, drives people to your website um, through SEO. I think that's, I mean, that that's hard sometimes to double down on content because there, you know, it's a long-term commitment and you don't see immediate results as you do say, you know, this is on sale, buy it now. Um, but I, I love writing. It's my favorite. And uh, if I can help customers or other businesses like mine or bigger um, tell their story, um, that I'll do that all day. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. And thank you again, Emily, for, for jumping on with us or for with me today. I was really looking forward to this interview, uh, specifically as well, just being a social media buff myself and, and really kind of diving deep into the world of social media and, and growing digital marketing presence. So I really appreciate you taking the time and, and telling us so much about your life and so much about your future. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> we like to end the podcast on a, a really personal note with a, a, light, a sort of lightning round of fun questions. Um, so if that sounds good to you, I'll jump right into okay, it. Okay, sounds good. All right. So the first one we always ask every guest is, what was the first car you ever owned? Um, it's still my favorite car to this day, um, but it actually wasn't that long ago. It was a 2010 Subaru for Forester. I actually lived in Pittsburgh almost 10 years without having a car, <laughs> wow. um, just walking everywhere and taking the bus. Um, but yeah, she was a Subaru. So she was a tank. She handled these Pittsburgh winters really well. Um, and <laughs> since she was Forrester and that was her last name, her first name was Fiona, Fiona Forrester. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> You're the fifth person that has joined our podcast, five for five, might I add, that has said that their first car was their favorite one. So hopefully that trend continues as well. Yeah. And what was the last book that you read? So um, I actually started a new book last week, um, but it's by the same author of the last book I read. Um, I started reading Firefly Lane by Kristen Hanna, um, and it's about two best friends growing up in the 70s and like in high school and then going through college in the 80s and then you know their your their adult lives in the 90s um i just made it to the 80s so that's pretty fun um and then um actually the last book that i finished was hers kristen hannah's as well completely different topic um world war ii france <laughs> Wow. Um, it's called the, that is a completely different yeah, topic. It's called The Nightingale. <laughs> um, the Nightingale is actually going to be made into a movie. And I think the one I'm reading right now, Firefly Lane, is there's a sticker that says coming to Netflix. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Both I highly recommend so far. Um, the Nightingale, I sobbed through the whole thing. And it, I think it was like almost 500 pages. But <laughs> but it was so good. I was just like beaming after I finished it. <laughs> and and the Netflix reference segues me perfectly into the next question, which I'd ask is, are there any binge-worthy TV series you've watched recently and would recommend to our audience members? Yeah, I've been binging a lot. <laughs> like a lot of people have. <laughs> I'm sure we all have, yeah. I'm a little late to this uh, to this train station, but Good Girls on Netflix. Um it has um, Christina 
Hendrix from Mad Men and Retta from Parks and Rec on it. And they're housewives and they start committing crimes (laughs) to like pay their bills and they get hooked up with some, you know, some gang head of a gang gang leader. Um, And it's just, they live in, you know, the white picket fence and it's just really funny. Um, But it's, but it's also very intense, but um, I love it. I went through, I started watching the first uh, season and by, you know, midnight that night, I was on the second season already. <laughs> it does sound entertaining for sure. How many seasons are there in total? Um, I think they're on their third or they might have just started their fourth. I'm not sure. I have to wait till it comes on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Patient. Yeah. Very, very patiently. And I, uh, you touched on kind of your husband cooking for you each night. But if I had to ask you, what is your favorite restaurant in Pittsburgh? Oh, that's so hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh, what's amazing. So I moved to Pittsburgh in 2006 for college and I lived downtown and there was literally nothing to do. Like everything shut down at like five o'clock. Uh, but what's amazing now is you can, well, not right now, but maybe like two or three months ago, if you were downtown at like seven or eight o'clock, there'd be people walking around because there are restaurants that are good and they're open and there's stuff to do downtown. Um, but my favorite restaurant is actually in, um, in Mount Lebanon. It's uh, Il Pizziola. Um, okay. They have really good, um, you know, wood, wood brick oven pizzas and really good pasta. It's just like everything from Italy, everything handmade, like, it's just delicious. And it's even better that, you know, you can get a pizza as your appetizer and then pasta as your dinner. <laughs> wow. That is a good combination. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so my final question for you, outside of your professional goals, what's the number one thing on your bucket list right now? So speaking completely personally. Personally, um, I would have to say, I would like to um, go back to Costa Rica, where me and my husband went on our honeymoon almost, it will be four years ago in September, um, because we haven't, gone, we haven't gone on an international vacation since, and it was just perfect. Like, I don't think it could get any better. It was just beautiful, um, and it, it, I, I've just never had such a nice experience, so we'd love to go there again. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Emily. This, it was a pleasure having a chance to, to sit down and talk to you today. And I'd just ask if there's any uh, final notes that you'd like to add to our audience listeners. No, I, I would just say, um, you know, if we're still all at home when this airs, um, hang in there. <laughs> we're, we're all in this together. <laughs> I can't argue with that for sure. It's great advice. And yeah, hopefully everybody out there that's listening today is staying safe. And and thank you again for joining us today on the My BFF Business Leaders podcast. Thanks for having me, Colton. It's been great. 